0: And welcome to this Teen Tips podcast. Today we are looking at the subject of gambling and I am delighted to welcome Patrick Foster. Patrick works for Epic Risk Risk Management which works with companies to minimize the financial and human risk of people gambling in the workplace. But with over 500,000 children aged 11 to 15 gambling every week in the UK, Patrick has been recruited to start educating young people. So welcome, Patrick. It's really nice you're here. And I wonder if we could kick off by telling us a bit about your story and where you are now.
1: Yeah, so it's it's obviously been a bit of a whirlwind over the last few months. Um, i uh, had a gambling addiction for for the last thirteen years uh, and it all came to a head uh, in March of last year, so actually only uh, about three hundred days ago um I'm a former professional cricketer um and then went into the city um before becoming a teacher so I've been in education for the last seven years, which is why uh, I've got a passion for for helping younger people and and obviously educating them um around the subject of, of gambling, which has become uh, my passion, uh, I, I got into gambling at university. Uh, that's where it started, and, and what started as as a bit of fun and, and very much a hobby um, kind of spiraled as as I got more into it, and it became a bigger part of my life as I had access to to more money. Um, I had challenges in life that inevitably surface and. Gambling was a sort of form of escapism, um, and as I've subsequently learned, um, I developed a pretty significant addiction to it, um, which led me uh, to considering taking my own life and and being on the verge of doing so um, in in March of last year. Mm. Yeah, so it's um, it's been quite a journey, but as I say, I'm sort of in the early stages of recovery, but, but out the other side and, and obviously realizing that life is possible without gambling. Um, and, and I've learned an awful lot about it, it as an addiction, but also why why I got into it and and perhaps what I could have done differently if, if I'd known more about it before I entered into a relationship with it, as it were.
0: So when you look back to those early days at university what was that? The odd bet at the weekend on a team or a horse? or uh, As
1: I say I had a background in, in professional sport um, and I think sport and gambling are synonymous with with each other. Um, I was as a youngster I was one of those people who was incredibly competitive um, and obviously when I was playing professional sport I got a sort of rush and a buzz um, out of all those things and when cricket unfortunately didn't work out, gambling was a, as a way of was a way of replacing that. Um, and, and initially, it was definitely um, a bit of fun. Um, it was something that my mates did. It wasn't something that was a big part of my life or, or hadn't been a part of my family's life at all. Uh, and obviously, when I went to university, I had a bit more freedom, um, I had some access to to money through student loans. Um, and, and I got into it, I guess some people would, would call me lucky, but I, was, I would say I'm pretty unlucky in the sense that some of the first bets I placed, I had some initial successes. Uh, and I and think do
0: that's... you
1: remember the buzz? Before. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I talk about my, pretty much my first bet um, was on a Saturday morning um, at, at Durham University where I was and I walked into the betting shop and we were putting a footballer accum, a football accumulator on but whilst i was in there i was watching some chaps play on a on a fobty machine or a fixed odds betting terminal and uh, they were playing the roulette machine and, and i actually put two pounds into the roulette machine and, and put it on zero um which was the only number that was different to to every other number and, and it came in and, and two pounds became 72 pounds in a matter of seconds and and i genuinely think that changed my life forever um and and after that point I was hooked
0: if you talk to addicts whether their thing was food or drugs, they will pretty much all remember that first ever hit of dopamine
1: yeah, absolutely it was ex- it was exactly the same thing really um, and as I said from then it, it it changed my life because actually that afternoon I, I left the betting shop, um, went to get some lunch or whatever you do, and and before I knew it, I was back in the betting shop. Um, I then put a, uh, a bet on a horse race. Um, again, I didn't know anything about horse racing at the time, um, and, and I put a bet on a horse called Majestic Roy at odds of sixteen to one. Um, and it. yeah, and of course it won, and and I suddenly had two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, as a student, and that was a lot of money, um, and and I never looked back really when it came to gambling. And a lot of people that I talk to or come across now who, who've had issues with with gambling, people I work with, often it is an initial success or, or winning early on that, that can actually just hook hook you in.
0: And then the progression is fairly fast, I'm guessing, onto bigger bets and more frequent bets.
1: Absolutely, and it, it does sort of spiral. Um, you start to, as you, as you get more confident or think you know more about things, um, or, you, or you win money, you start to, to bet more and, and do it more often. Um, At university, it was always, I guess, a hobby. It was something that I I did from time to time. Um, It was a case of sort of being bored or just wanting to do something for a bit of fun. And I never really thought that it was a a huge issue or or a problem, um, which I guess is is the mistake I made. Uh, It was really when I then started working in London. Um, I went into the city and there was a big culture around it there um i also then had access to a significant salary um and, and i i talk all the time about a bet i placed when i first went to london I, I got my first christmas bonus and being a sort of slightly arrogant 21 year old or whatever i was i, I decided that i was going to put that on a bet and and i managed to win nearly thirty-five thousand pounds from from wow. one bet um and and that really was it because then my relationship with gambling was that every time I, I placed a bet, I wanted to win that amount of money, and if I didn't, I, I'd think I could, um, and and that was that's really dangerous. But that that's really the moment I, I sort of look back on and, and define as as the beginning of the end, as it were.
0: And in terms of the wider impact of gambling on your relationships, your work.
1: Yeah, I mean it. it, it kind of monopolized my life and and had an impact on on every aspect of of my life um i i think the strange thing or the unique thing about gambling is the fact that actually you can hide it. it it's a sort of hidden or or secret addiction um and i always sort of talk about three worlds i had my world my career which was actually went from strength to strength um initially in the city it went well Uh, I tried to then change my lifestyle and and change my career, thinking that would put a stop to to the gambling by going into teaching. But actually, I think in hindsight, it it made it worse. So you Um, recognised you really had a problem? Yeah, I I, I did. Um, I don't think I wanted to stop, but I certainly wanted to do something about it. Um, But I was able to continue my career. and, And again, the teaching side of things went really well initially um in the last 2 or 3 years of my addiction it it certainly had a profound impact on on whether I was able to do my job day to day um uh, other impacts were obviously on my relationship with with family close friends uh, there's no disguising that it, it it certainly broke up certain relationships that i had and and put uh, me in very difficult situations with with certain people um but it was always a form of escapism as well i just i ran away to it it was it was my safe place but yet the most dangerous place really um and obviously from a financial point of view um it comes with the territory and it tore that side of things apart um and and there's very long lasting effects of it which is something that i have to sort of contend with now and and essentially forever uh and and that's hard but you do realize that actually you can move on from it, as, as difficult as it is, but it does affect um, every aspect of your life. Um, and, and mental health is now spoken about much more readily, which I think is fantastic. I was I was always cynical about it, but actually now, having suffered from severe depression as a result of of my addiction, I think that that's where it had its biggest impact. Um, just how I felt about myself, my esteem. Uh, and the reasons why I, I carried on gambling were were very difficult. And, and that's something that will stick with me forever.
0: So when you look back and you compare yourself to your university friends who were, you know, just like you, having the odd bet on a Saturday. What do you think was different about you? Um, you, mean you do you think it was losing your self-esteem when you lost your label as the professional cricketer?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that had a big Um, impact on me I think the perception of what other people thought um, and finding different ways to replicate what that life or that part of my life bought me was certainly part of it Um, I think that I found bouncing back from that really difficult Um, so that that definitely had an impact uh, on my on my gambling as I said as a character I've always been Incredibly competitive, and I think anybody who has those characteristics it, it can make you very good at certain things, but actually gambling it really doesn't because uh, the nature of gambling means that you lose as much as you win, if not more and and of course, I just couldn't face losing I always wanted to to win and and so I found that hard, and every time i lost i i, I couldn't stop um, so I think actually a lot of it boiled down to to my Character. Um, a lot of my mates and peers were able to do it and, and be in control of it, or or, or be responsible around it, but I, I just wasn't.
0: So at that point, it was in control of you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So Patrick, you go around schools talking to young people. What age do you think we need to start talking to them about gambling? And how do most children? I mean, that that, that five hundred thousand I mentioned at the beginning. How do they start in the world world of gambling?
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, Having sort of come out of of an addiction, you you start to learn about gambling and the bigger picture of it. Um, It wasn't something when I was growing up that was obviously nearly as accessible as it is now. Um, I think that is probably the thing that's changed the most. When I first started betting, you had to go into a betting shop um, and, and people associate that with sort of, older people gambling on, on horses or dogs or whatever that might be. But of course now with with gambling online um, and, and with the amount of people that own smartphones, it, it's so accessible. So for young people, it's literally at the click of a button. Um, so online betting is, is obviously huge now and, and the way most people get into gambling in the old-fashioned sense of it. But I think one of the most sort of terrifying parts of it is is how actually now gambling has has transferred into into other areas of of children's lives um i think gaming is is something that is is a hot topic at the moment in in schools and uh, amongst young people and i think that there's very blurred lines between uh, gaming and gambling
0: they're intertwined aren't they um, I mean, I went to talk to a family the other day whose son, aged just 12, had managed to spend over £3,500 on a parental credit card over a pretty short space of, I think, about three months. And um, whilst I was chatting to him, I asked him, you know, what what was he doing? How did it happen? Uh, and he said it was all about purchasing skins.
1: Yeah, so- absolutely. So in the, in these games, there are these sort of predatory in-game payments um with skin betting and and loot boxes is another thing that's huge
0: so should we just start and explain for the sake of those parents who won't have a clue what a skin or a loot box is uh
1: in in a lot of these games uh they have um things that you can purchase to essentially um enhance your chances of of going up a level or, or completing a level um often these these things come in the form of of what they call a loot box so you actually don't know what you're going to get you have to buy them um and of course you may need a certain a certain thing um and and if that doesn't come then of course it it just encourages you to buy another one um and for me that's essentially Dumbly. well is gambling and and obviously it's that blurred line children don't necessarily uh, associate it with gambling in the old old fashioned sense of the word and uh and they're also doing it not understanding that actually these things are um addictive um and adding to that they they d- they don't understand the sort of financial consequences of it or how much they're possibly spending in short spaces of time uh, and i think that's really where gambling starts i think people game from sort of the age of 10 11 and we've seen recently from the stats and and the gambling commission's latest report that actually. Children as young as as ten and eleven are are getting themselves into a real mess through through gaming, uh, naturally, I think that then transfers itself into into gambling uh,
0: because the other thing I learned was that loot boxes once you put your money in there uh, into their account. And you've bought something, effectively, even if you sell your skin, and for those of you who don't know what a skin is, it's a a costume or a cover for a character or a piece of equipment within the game that, that makes it look better. So, in other words, they're just virtual costumes, really. But once the money is in the account even if your skin becomes one of the really popular ones that you could potentially sell for more than you bought it for it's a cryptocurrency so you can't take the money out it's either a credit or you can swap a skin with somebody else
1: yeah absolutely
0: and because it's that they've now allowed you to use the money in your steam account to access third-party companies which is how children am i right are getting across and getting access to the gambling sites
1: yeah that's right and um obviously there there's less regulation around that or there's there's not much regulation around those um i think that some of these companies are owned by uh, gambling companies as well so so obviously uh with with the advertising etc one quickly leads into the other um i think the other thing that's terrifying about some of these games is is that actually unless you're on it, unless you're able to carry on playing, that has an impact as well. So children are, are then, or younger people are then reluctant to to leave the game um, because other people then could sort of get ahead of them. So that, again, is kind of encouraging these addictive behaviours. Um, and, and we see, and there's evidence to prove that younger people who who... Uh, demonstrate those behaviors when it comes to gaming will often then um, start to exhibit similar things around gambling.
0: So I was talking to somebody at a conference last week actually who said there is evidence to link online gaming to alcohol and drug dependency in later life because it's all linked to the brain's reward system.
1: Absolutely and and as I learned through my uh, treatment program that gambling was just my manifestation or a manifestation of addiction and it could have been a number of, of different things Um and so that that's really where i think there needs to be education around addiction more generally but i think gambling and, and gaming is a way that that children can enter that a lot earlier um, and as i alluded to earlier i think with gambling uh, and gaming being, being something where you can get away with it without anybody seeing visible signs in, in your appearance or your behavior. Children are drawn to it because they think, well, I can get away from it, uh, get away with it. Um, and I think that's where parents have an enormous role to play
0: yet again i find myself in a conversation that seems just too important to edit down to one podcast so we've taken the decision to stop here and i hope you'll tune in for the next part of my conversation with patrick where we will look at what we can do as parents to prevent gambling becoming a problem for our young people thank you for listening and please join us for part two Welcome back to the second part of our podcast on gambling with Patrick Foster. Um, I'm not going to waste any time but I'm going to get straight back into the conversation with Patrick and I hope you find it useful.